right, Auburn Live Basketball Show, we're back at it. Jay Head and I am Justin Hokinson. Jay Head, what's up, man? What's going on, Hoke? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Good, man. Hanging in there. Um, hanging in there, man. Uh, it's been, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a, it's like we're in basketball season, but I feel like football season still hasn't ended. Yes. There's still coaching search going on. And then in a month, they'll just start spring ball. And, uh, I lose track of what month and what week we're in on a consistent basis. I can only imagine. It is not yeah. an enviable, enviable, yeah, envious position to be you, brother. That's for sure. Um, but we're here. Let's talk some basketball. Obviously, it wasn't uh, probably the week that most of the fan base, the people that are watching this show wanted. But I don't think it was unexpected either. Um, and so – I guess we can kind of walk through what happened and, and, and what we expect to see moving forward. Let's do it. Um, quick shout-out before we get in. Session Cocktail, proud, proud sponsor of the show, the basketball show and the football show. Actually had some drinks at Session Saturday night, so my birthday was Friday night. Went to dinner Saturday night, so covered the game, Mississippi State game from home. Uh, got some stuff up and then did a birthday dinner at uh, Shout Out Vintage in Auburn. Good place, great spot. And then we did session afterwards, did some drinks. That was a lot of fun. So go go check them out, man. It's always a, just a, a fun place to go have a drink, relax, um, whether it's happy hour, weekend, um, anything like that. It's probably, I mean, I think there's some of the best drinks in, in Auburn. They're, they're pretty unique menu. You're, you're, it's kind of the, the kind of stuff that you're not going to get a lot of places. Um, and you can kind of try out some new drinks and things like that. So go check out session. Really good, really good place and good environment. Friends of the show, and we appreciate them. Also, a quick shout-out to GameTime.co, GameTime.co, sponsor of On3 as well as Auburn Live. Great app, great website to get last-minute tickets for whether it's sporting events or comedy shows or, um, you know, concerts or whatever it might be. Really awesome last-minute type app to get some tickets and things like that. Use the promo code War Eagle, get 20% off on your first purchase um, and so make sure and go check them out, gametime.co. Always looking for last-minute tickets to uh, sporting events when I'm out of town, things like that, or comedy shows. Stuff comes up and you want to pop in. Gametime.co is a great way to do some last-minute type stuff like that. Um, all right, Jay Head, let's talk some hoops. Oh, in two week. Auburn goes to Alabama, to Mississippi State, loses them both. Loses by four at Alabama. Of course, was down by 14. Loses by six to Mississippi State in just a ugh, rock fight for a while better offense in the second half but pretty ugly um you know we talked about we talked about last week these being according to the analytics t-rank specifically two of the three hardest games left on the schedule in terms of percent chance for auburn to win at tennessee was the other um alabama was auburn was actually the underdog not just by the analytics but they were the betting underdog against alabama i think that's important to remember when, I mean, it's not an excuse. It is important to remember and try to keep that in context about that game. Auburn was the underdog. Whether you're looking at the computers or the betting odds, they were the underdog in that game. They were actually a four-point underdog, and they lost by four. Mississippi State, they were the favorite, small favorite, um, come out six-point losers in that one after a, a tie game at half and tied a tie game for a lot of the second half. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that – a couple of things, and, and then we'll get into sort of what you thought and just to set the table. Um, what we've seen is um, winning on the road is difficult, especially this year. 
we've seen some really low percentage um, winning percentages in terms of AP top 10 teams going on the road against unranked teams. They're winning like maybe 40%. Mm-hmm. And that's unranked teams. We're not even talking about quad one games where some of those games are ranked. They're even tougher. Um, everybody in the top 10 has got multiple road losses. I haven't looked up. There's only two teams in college basketball that don't have a road loss. There's one more team that has one. So you're talking about 330-something college basketball teams. All of them but three have got at least two road losses. So uh, winning on the roads is is uh, is difficult. Um, the other thing I would point out is is and I think it's it's worth pointing out and talking about fairly is Auburn now is kind of on a bad streak of quad one road losses. Going back to the end of the 22 championship season, um, that's actually their last quad one road win was at Mississippi State when they clinched the championship. Jabari Smith and those guys in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, that team also lost their last three. They lost at Florida in a close one. They lost at Tennessee in a close one that year, and I think at Arkansas. And then they beat Mississippi State. Uh, last year's Auburn team went 0-6 in quad one road games. This year's team's now 0-2. So a bad streak of quad one road losses. Again, winning on the road against really good competition is hard. The caveat to that stat is, Outside of the Kentucky game, which is an outlier last year, a 30-point loss where just everything went wrong. The other losses, all the other losses, the average margin of victory is 3.9 points. So, so it's an important it's an important perspective when we're talking about sort of the string of tough road losses for Auburn dating back now to um, you know two seasons ago at how close they are. Um, having said that, what were kind of your impressions of of both the games, the individual games, and then just sort of your maybe a maybe a you know thousand foot view of winning on the road, and how to sort of keep it all into perspective because I just think it's important for 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 Auburn fans to sort of be frustrated and look at each game individually. Yes, also look at how hard it is to win on the road, and then let that sort of shape maybe how you feel overall about it, and maybe how you feel about the team going forward. Sure. And I do think people have a right to be disappointed, but there should be measured disappointment, obviously. And let's kind of look at that. So Alabama, completely different team. I mean, I think what most fans were seeing coming into that game is a 20-point road loss to Tennessee and Knoxville. What you don't take into account is Alabama is a completely different team at home, and they have blown opponents out in that building. Obviously, we didn't get blown out. And it was kind of a game of runs. Auburn started off extremely hot, couldn't miss. And I thought when we got up 14-6, hey, these guys can't, you know, they can't play with Auburn. And then Alabama goes on their run. And at halftime, what is it? Auburn's down by 20, 15, something of that nature. Yeah, 44-30. 44-30, so down by 14 and a half. And then kind of the third stanza comes in and Auburn claws its way back in and expends so much energy just to get that back within a point. Obviously, Chad Baker comes up a little bit short on that free throw, and Auburn was just never able to recover from that point in the game. Alabama seemed to have an answer every time Auburn made a shot. So extremely difficult, gut-wrenching loss to your rival. Fantastic environment. It was obviously an eye-opening experience for a lot of these guys, specifically the freshmen um, and Aiden Holloway being put in that position for the first time. 
But I think some of the transfers got their eyes open, too, for never having played in the atmosphere that way. And Bruce talked about it. He thought that the competition to this point had not been what he was going to see moving forward, and he was interested to see what was going to happen when this team got exposed. So I think that's good for growth. That's good for development. But you carry that forward to staying on the road. You never come back home to Auburn, which was probably the smart move, if we're being honest. But you get to Starkville, you stay on the road, you're kind of out of routine a little bit, and then you get into, a and like you said, an absolute rock fight with Mississippi State in the hump, which is another difficult place to play with a very physical team with physical guards that defensively played you in a way that made you a little bit uncomfortable to start with. Now we started to kind of get into a rhythm in the second half, but offensive rebounding, or excuse me, rebounding in general, was just a problem for us in that game. Our bigs had a problem with their bigs, and when you're not putting a body on a body the way that you have to in the rebounding game, especially with a team like Mississippi State that's just going to eat at the rim, it's going to be an issue for you down the stretch, and that's what happened with Auburn. I want people to understand that these are two very good basketball teams, probably two NCAA tournament teams. You didn't lose to Little Sisters of the Poor here, and I understand the stigma that's attached to a quad one road loss, okay? We don't have a quad one win yet, and that's frustrating for people that are looking at the resume and thinking about what this team could be. But I would tell you that Auburn still has a lot of bites at the apple. This is a team that's still growing and developing. I think they know what their identity is. But in that identity, everyone up and down the roster has to play well. You can't necessarily afford to have off nights, and I think some of our better players did have off nights in both of those two games and when the shoe's on the other foot, I think Auburn has an opportunity to rebound and play much better when you play Alabama, you know what I mean, in another week. When you play Florida, when you get, you know, when you go to Knoxville on the road, you're going to be that much more prepared now because of what you've seen in Tuscaloosa and what you faced in Starkville. And you know, like I do, Justin, that you don't want to peak too early. You want to make sure that you're playing your best basketball as you're getting into March. And that's truly the difference to me in that Jabari Walker team of, tw- of the 2022 versus probably the Final Four team is that 2022 squad played their best basketball early. And then as they got towards the tournament, you could kind of see the cracks or the chinks in the armor and the guard play just was where it needed to be. Whereas the other team, I think they went 11 and 7, maybe 12 and 6 in conference play that year, had some unexpected. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, 11 the, and 7. 11 and 7, right? This team has only lost two conference games to this point. Probably have at least two or three more conference losses in them. But that doesn't mean that they can't be. We have so many football fans, wonderful fans, that are also fans of Auburn basketball that don't quite understand the difference in between basketball and where every game is it's not living or dying right you're allowed to have some losses and some growing and development games it's all about what you're doing as you near postseason and getting into the tournament that's truly it um, and then then the matchups you get within the tournament but again I think it's okay to be disappointed I think a lot of people were excited about this team specifically the way they had played to this point mm-hmm. it's kind of being brought back to reality somewhat about what this team maybe is, but it didn't in any way shape what I think the ceiling is, which is Sweet 16, Elite 8 type ceiling on this squad. I have a hard time projecting Final Four 
just because for me that's so much on matchups. But as far as who you're playing um, and what the ceiling is, I mean, I absolutely think this is a second weekend in the NCAA tournament type ceiling team. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple things. Um, one, the, the football comparison. There's a couple things to that. You're right. I think people view basketball losses in the same light as they do football losses sometimes, which is not the way to view them. One, there's a lot more basketball games. So just on a ratio wise, you probably should view, you probably should view the way you react after a football loss is maybe how you should feel if you lose three straight games in basketball. You know, wait till Auburn loses three straight conference games. That's about like, well, it's not necessarily one and one, I guess, for the overall season because you play, what, eight or nine conference games to pair 18. So it's maybe a two-to-one type deal. But overall, your season-wise, it's about a three-to-one type deal. In conference play, you can maybe view it two-to-one. So maybe how you feel after a conference loss in football, you should feel that way if Auburn loses two straight um, or maybe three straight, something like that. And then, of course, there's peaking at the right time in football. Everyone matters. There's no peaking. you got to win a certain amount to get into the championship game. Basketball is not that way. You can peak too early. You can come on late, um, and, 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 um, and that's okay. The 11-7 thing, <clears throat> you brought that up, <clears throat> and this is another thing that's sort of – basketball is just such a different thing, and, and this isn't directed at, at you. It's just a point. The 11-7 and team uh, that went to the Final Four, yes, they were 11-7. and but I saw this tossed around on Twitter a little bit like, hey, the Final Four team went 11-7 and seven and made the Final Four. Yeah, but they won four in a row late. So if they were 11-7 and seven, but they were 11-4 and four and lost their last three, that's very different than being 7-7 seven and seven and winning your last four. So like even, even the stuff about excusing losses by saying, well, the Final Four team went 11-7, and seven, uh, they did, but they won four in a row late, including beating, ten, beating, beating uh, Tennessee, Alabama on the road. They got hot at the right time. So, it's again, it's all about context um, when you're talking about these losses and comparing them to other teams. The Samir team was finished second in the league. They went to Florida that year and got crushed by 20. They went to Alabama and lost by 20 that year. So there's just, there's just a lot of variables when you're trying to figure out how to feel after the losses, and even these last two, you could go both ways. You could say, you could say, on one hand, Auburn was gave up 30 offensive rebounds in two games. They gave up 30 plus second chance points. Jalen Williams disappeared on offense. Couldn't couldn't hit barely anything. And your best shooters, KD, Aiden, Denver, Chad Baker, are not shooting well at all. Um, I think Auburn now, I have, can't remember the number now, but App State, Bama, Mississippi State, those three, as a team, Auburn is like 23 of 95 or something from three in those three losses, something crazy bad. And in, right. But in those two games, your better shooters shot horribly. So they shot horribly. Jalen disappeared on the offensive end. You gave up tons of offensive rebounds, and you still were right there with Alabama late and right there with Mississippi State late where you're in a within a possession, make a couple plays, you win the game. So the silver lining to that would be, look how many things had to sort of go wrong, and you still were within, on the road, in hard environments, you were there in the last couple of minutes to win the game. 
the other side of that is, well, but that's how you played on the road against good teams. So the question is, is it a trend? Is it an aberration or is it going to be the trend? Is it, well, okay, they just didn't play that well. They'll fix it. Or that's what they're going to do on the road, which just isn't going to lead to many wins on the road. If they keep doing that, maybe you win at Missouri. I mean, even Georgia. Look at what Georgia's doing. Georgia's really good. you got to go there. If you play like that where you where you don't shoot well from three and you give up a bunch of offensive boards and second-chance points, um, you're not going to win very many on the road this year. So, again, it can go both ways. You can say, boy, a bunch of stuff had to go wrong, and they still were right there. So that's the silver lining, but you got to clean it up and you got to fix it. Like it goes both of those things are true. And I think for me in those two games – I don't know what the most is. Probably the offensive rebounding for me was the most disappointing. I mean, I'm watching guys watch the ball go up and not block out and give up these offensive boards. They got killed in the paint against State, gave up so many layups and open looks. That's probably the frustrating thing. I mean, this we know this team kind of comes and goes shooting-wise. Shooting on the road is more difficult. That does need to get better. This team is a better shooting team than last year, but they're not showing it right now. They gotta they gotta settle into something there, but but <clears throat> the offensive rebounding is a is sort of an issue with me, and I think it's probably an issue with Bruce. That's an effort thing. That's a focus thing. That's a get your head in the game thing and block somebody out and go get the basketball. They did better in the second half against Mississippi State, but the first half at some at one point in the first half they were giving up almost an offensive rebound per minute. It was like eleven and fourteen or ten and fourteen minutes. That's ridiculous. Um, so that that's probably the thing that I was most disappointed in those two games is especially late offensive rebounds and second chance points were critical in not winning those basketball games, especially in the last four or five minutes. That's probably the thing I would point to and go, okay, you shot, you didn't shoot well, okay, whatever. Jalen didn't shoot well, okay, but that's stuff you could have fixed. You could shoot horribly and not do that. That, that was probably the thing that stuck with me in those two games that cannot continue, or you will lose at Georgia, you will lose at Tennessee, you will lose at Ole Miss if you keep playing that way in terms of defensive rebounding. I think all that's fair, Justin. I, 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 I thought your point on applying context to season outlook as far as schedule goes, um, wins, losses, was very accurate because it describes whether or not you're on the come up or whether or not you know, you're floundering towards the end. And then, obviously, I agree with your point on the on the offensive rebounding aspect and not necessarily putting a body on a body. When you get frustrated as a coach, when you're frustrated as a player, it's because of the things you can control. And effort is always one of those things that you can control. Your shot's not going to go in some nights. It's just not. I mean, it's look, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, the greatest that have ever done it, they've all had off nights, right? So... As you said, shooting is going to come and go, but it's the effort, the hustle, the defense that's going to carry you when you're on the road when all those things aren't working and you're right. You didn't play consistently enough in the effort part of the game to necessarily win at Mississippi State, even though they didn't do certain things well either. I mean, it was 21 to 21 at the half, so it wasn't like they were playing great either. Yeah. Um, But you're right that that gets you beat on the road 10 out of 10. So – What can we expect from this team? Is this a trend? I think it's too small of a sample size to say. Now, we've got several road games coming up, and I think it's a much, I think you can make a fair assessment at that point. I mean, you've got Ole Miss, 
You've got is Tennessee the next road game beyond that? Um, no, they got they got uh, they got Vanderbilt at home, and then you've got at Ole Miss, Alabama at home, at Florida. That's your next. Uh, that's your next four. It's your next two weeks. I think after the Florida game, you'll know how this team is going to perform on the road. I mean, I think that's a decent enough sample size when you factor in Appalachian State, and then you factor in okay, you played Arkansas and Vanderbilt on the road where you played better, but is that more of a byproduct of the team you played, or is it a you know, was that how you really – what your potential is on the road? And then obviously you go against two very quality opponents and you don't look good at all. So going against two opponents that are probably not to the caliber of Mississippi State um, and Alabama on the road, how do you perform in those games? I think you're going to have a better read on what this team's probably capable of. And can they shake it moving forward? If they can't, then like you said, your expectation going into Athens and Knoxville is significantly different. I mean – Missouri might be your only other road win. And so then you're walking away with having to, at a minimum, win all the rest of your home games to be competitive down the stretch. And that's just not where you want to be as a team. So finding a way to steal two, maybe three more wins on the road, that would be huge for this team. It would be absolutely huge, specifically if you can hold serve at home. Yeah, and that's with projecting ahead, you know, when we're talking about how they play on the road, I mean, it's, it's sort of a similar story to last year. If you're looking at quad one games, according to T-Rank, you've, you know, you've played Baylor, Bama, and Mississippi State are all quad one. They're all, all losses. By the way, I think that's another factor in, I think, how some of the fans are feeling, and you mentioned it earlier, and that is if Auburn was 3-3 three and three in quad one games, you wouldn't have the reaction. The fact that they're 0-3 and they don't have a quad, a quad one win yet, I think that's factoring into some anxiousness from fans like, okay, I'm with you. Winning on the road's hard. Um, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> but we don't have a win. I don't have a win to point to, and I want a win to point to. And so that's a fair, that's a fair feeling. But man, you're looking at it and going, okay, they've played three quad one games so far. Two have been on the road. One's been neutral. Here's your next quad one opportunity at Ole Miss. Yep. Your next one's Bama at home. Your next one at Florida. Your next one Kentucky at home. But then you have your next one at Tennessee. So, like, you've really only got two home quad one opportunities. Everything else is going to be on the road again. And you're looking at this road schedule on the way out at Ole Miss, at Florida, at Georgia, at Tennessee. And then at Missouri is your last one. Looking at how Auburn's playing, I mean, it'll be everything they can to beat Missouri. And then, I mean, Florida's going to be – that is – I mean, Florida's won three in a row. I mean, Georgia's your next best chance to win on the road. And Georgia's a team that, what, I mean, has played well and almost beat – or they, they did uh, – no, they uh, – that was the – no, they lost that Florida. I'm thinking about the Georgia-Florida game we just watched. But, I mean, Missouri's the only one where you're you're clearly a much better team. Everything else on the road, I mean, they could – wouldn't shock me at all if they didn't – if they lost at Ole Miss, lost at Florida, lost at – Georgia lost at Tennessee. None of that would surprise me. Those are all pretty good teams. Very and good. It, it would suck to have a one in – what would that be? You'd have one, and then, of course, Vanderbilt was on the road in Arkansas. So you'd have a three in one, two, three, four, five, six, a three and six um, road record in the in the league. You'd like to be a little better than that. But what did we just talk about? I mean, 40% of um, top 10 teams have, have won 40% of their road games against unranked opponents. Well, three and six, I mean, you're not far off that um, mm-hmm. mark. So, again, it's just going to be 
it's going to be tough sledding. Um, but man, to steal one would be big. I think, I think the rest, you, if you can be four and five on the road in league play, I think you take that all day. If you're, you're if you're basically 500 on the road in the SEC, I think you take that. You hope that one or two of those are good ones that you can put on your resume. Sure. You, you don't want four, but you're going to have that. Out, like I said, outside of Missouri, if they could get uh, two more, if Missouri's one, if they get another one, um, it'll be quality, whether it's Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, or Ole Miss. Any of those are going to be a quality road win. Um, so it's just going to be, man, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding, but they got to start to figure something out. And I go back to those close games on the road, man, in these quad one losses. And they've just got to figure out how to make the winning plays late. Like Bruce said it after the Mississippi State game. He's like, you know, yeah, guys miss shots. He's like, but we we just got to make plays. Guys got to be playmakers and make plays when it happens. Make some shots. I mean, we can dissect a lot of it, but they're right there. And there's something missing at the end of some of these tough road environments, whether it's whether it's point guard, sort of a control of the game in the last few minutes from a point guard or – whether it's just making winning plays, blocking a guy out when you need to, don't foul when you do, just whatever it is, they've got to sort of get over the hump and understand those last four minutes um, how every mistake is magnified. This yeah. Auburn team is such a freewheeling team under Bruce, and, it, and when it's going well, it's going well. They can run you out of the gym because of how they play. They play. But, man, in those last few minutes, you don't have time to over to overcome – a jacked up three that was unnecessary or a dumb turnover or, Oh, I forgot to block that guy out. That's an offensive board. And that's a bucket. Those mistakes are magnified so much. You don't have time to make up for it. Like you do if there's 12 minutes left in the game. So I think just trying to either, either, either play better in the middle and build a lead or in those last four minutes, they got to figure out, okay, it's crunch time. It's time to be really smart, really, really dialed in, not freewheeling. I got, I can't, can't play like that in the last few minutes, but it's kind of how they are. So I, I don't know that they're they're gonna sort of change how they are. I, I guess just playing a little bit better overall would would um, would win them some of these some of these games. It would. I mean, I think probably if you're going to be splitting hairs as far as that last four minutes, if you're Bruce, you don't necessarily want to change the confidence of the team because I think that's what makes them successful is the fact that they do have the green lights to take shots. Right. But. I think you want those to not necessarily be contested shots, and that's where this team gets themselves into trouble. Is is continuing to make the, you I mean continuing to make the open pass? You know what I mean, and make sure that you're getting it, you're reversing the basketball, and you're getting it to open shooters. That you're not necessarily trying to hit the step back shot at the top of the key. If you're Katie Johnson, when if you'll make the extra pass, you probably got somebody open in the corner over there, specifically against Mississippi State. I mean, it just seemed like they had the corner three all day if they would take it and actually rotate the basketball. So I'm with you that I don't think they need to get away from necessarily who they are as a team. But shot selection should become more of a priority within that four-minute span as far as making sure you're making the extra pass. Don't try to force the action if it's not there. Um, Still take your shots. You got to. You got to put confidence in your guys. But at the same time, just be cognizant of the moment. Yeah, that's really it. Be cognizant of the moment for where it is on the clock. And and that's where your point guard has to take control. And that's what I think this is going to be invaluable. This early season test for Aiden and Trey, for that matter, getting put into environments like the ones they were just in. 
You're not going to get better if you don't get exposed. And they got exposed in these games, um, and they got pushed to their limit, and they got played on. You know, I mean, they got made uncomfortable. And so now it's, what are you going to do? Are you going to come back and are you going to play better? Or are you going to wilt underneath the pressure? Because every team just saw how you played in those two games, and they're going to play. They're going to play you the same way. They're not going to take it easy on you. They're going to try to rough you up. So let's see what this team does. I, I'm with you, Justin. I I think this team is capable of more, and I can understand why certain people are frustrated, but it's still very early. Let's see how they handle these next two games because I do like the matchup against Ole Miss. I think that is, you know, obviously they play better at home, but I think Auburn matches up well with this team, um, and that's when they can steal. I honestly believe that. Yeah, you, you've definitely got a great chance to come back and go 2-0 and, 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 and get a road win. Uh, right now, Ole Miss would be a quad two. No, this one is actually quad one because it's on the road. At home, it was a quad two, but because of where Ole Miss is, a road game against um, a team of their caliber in the net is a is a one. So um, <clears throat> it'd be pretty big to to sort of get back and, and play well against Vanderbilt. Miss, Ole Miss is going to be out for blood, especially after how that game went in Neville. Um, of course, Ole Miss just went to A and M and won, so they're they're not going away. They're not floundering. They came back with a nice win there. Um, <laughs> against Texas A&M. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they build. Like, Aiden's got to shoot better. He's got to figure out how to – you know, he takes a lot of hard shots. I, w- I wish there was a way to get him some a couple of good looks a game. Everything's sort of him creating a shot for himself, um, and that's that's not always easy. Trey was up and down. Trey defensively didn't play great uh, against mm-hmm. Bama in the first half, but then he came back and played a really good seven-minute stretch, and Auburn cut into the lead, and, um, and so – I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good things to point to. Specifically, look defense. I mean, you hold Alabama to 79 points in their building. You did a great job. 39 percent shooting. You did a great job. That team can light it up. So you did a really good job. You come back 64 against Mississippi State in um, in their building. So defense was was good in those two games for the most part. You just had some breakdowns. You had some breakdowns late in the first half against Bama, where they those guys got some threes from deep that that shouldn't have been happening. Rylan Griffin, you know he's going to fire from half court, and he had those, for those are good looks for him. I don't care if they're deep or not. So you had a couple of breakdowns there that uh, I didn't love, and then and then and then offensive rebounding that goes to defensive rebounding, which is which is sort, certainly a defensive element. So overall, they played well. They just didn't um, they just didn't uh, play well every moment. Had some critical moments. Offense obviously took a step backwards. I mean, um, you scored seventy at Bama. Struggled a little bit with ball pressure. Mississippi State was ugh, 58 points. Jani came to play, but nobody else really, nobody else really did anything. I mean, I got to write my three Tigers who, who uh, sort of rose their stock. I don't even know where to start. I mean, Jani and I don't know the pick, sort of pick a couple. I mean, just there wasn't just wasn't consistency outside of what he did. Dylan, right? He's been playing so well, and then four fouls in six minutes at Mississippi State. A couple of those were ticky tack, yeah. but. You know, but still, I mean, it's just like, man, I mean, just there's a non-factor. Um, so that that goes back to like sort of what we talked about in the past, which is my thing with this team is consistency. It always has been. It always has been. Um, and I think I told somebody on the board and answered that. I think last year's team had some issues with consistency. They also had some locker room issues and toxicity things. This team doesn't have that, but they still got some consistency issues. Some growing up things. Just they just need to grow up a little bit, make smart basketball plays, be consistent, and we'll just have to wait and see. 
how it plays out. I think your point was right. It's too small a sample size yet. What you're, what you know is this seems deep in terms of balance. They don't have a stu- superstar, but they got 10 dudes who can compete. And then they got some higher level players that can actually make some plays. Um, they play pretty good defense. They hustle. Um, they'll create, man. They had some blocks and turnovers. And I mean, Mississippi State had like 14 turnovers. Mm-hmm. They do some things well. They shoot free throws pretty well. Um, so there's things they do well. And I think they do enough things well that they can afford to do one or two bad and still win. They can't afford to not rebound on offense and have one of your superstars basically go disappear and shoot a horrific three-point percentage. You can't have it all go wrong. Then yeah. you're going to lose. So it's just figure out how to like reduce that down to doing like one thing bad a game or maybe two, but doing everything else pretty, pretty good. I went to practice today. I'm look, they're, they're in good spirits. I wish people could go to practice more often and see the energy and the effort they put in. And, and, and the, I mean, they're, they're out there working their butts off and they're laughing and they're joking. And, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're college guys. They're going to school and going to class and then mm-hmm. trying to win these games. Last week was a tough week. They weren't home at all. Went to Bama, went to Startville, did some online classes. Um, tutoring things like that, so um, they just didn't play particularly well. Let's see how they let's see how they um, how they bounce back. When you're talking about that Final Four team, the one thing that is fair to say is that team wasn't playing well. They really entered SEC play not playing. They lost their first SEC game on the road at Ole Miss, and really kind of floundered around for a lot of the a lot of the season. Won and lost some games. Played a man that Kentucky game was a classic. Close close losses. Yes. Even even one at Vanderbilt. I remember that Vanderbilt game they won was like early February, and they won. But man, it was Vanderbilt was not good that year. I think the Vanderbilt was like zero and something in the league when that game happened. And Auburn won by eleven, but it was it was closer than that with five minutes left. Yeah. And then they and then they clicked. So the point about that is, it's not you know what I, what I mentioned earlier is true, but it's also true that a team can be middling around and then it can click and that it can click. And so I think, th- and so when you're looking at this team, going, okay, is this team capable of clicking? Yeah, you've seen you've seen some of that. You've seen when they're on and some guys are hitting threes and they're playing good defense. They can click and they can be disruptive and they can be hard to beat. So it'll be interesting to see, sort of see how they bounce back. Can they learn? Can they learn from some of the mistakes against Bam and Mississippi State? Um, I think the coaches are probably pretty hard on them um, yeah. on some of that stuff, like effort, some of that stuff, like hey. You know, I was there today, and I can just tell you, like, rebounding was mentioned. Okay? I'm just going to tell you that was brought up today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's stuff you can learn from it, you know. You just got to um, – I think the one thing I'm looking forward to is are they going to stay true to their identity of, like, how they looked against Indiana and UNC Asheville, it's not a bad team. Are they going to stay true to that identity, or will a couple of losses affect it? Will they kind of forget why they're good and what makes them good? Will guys get frustrated if they only play, you know, the minutes are great when you're winning, when you're not playing a lot of minutes, but it's for the better good and you're, and it's doing, and you're doing well. But when it goes bad, I'm not going to be real happy if I only play 15 minutes. So it's just keeping them together and see if they can stay consistent with what they do to win and not, you know, not falling back into any kind of trap or of frustration or hurrying shots, things like that. I thought, they, I thought the thing Bruce Pearl said interesting after the Mississippi State game was talking about shooting the basketball, about some guys maybe need to stop shooting or take better shots. That That is rare for him to say. Yeah. They absolutely have the green light. It takes a lot for him to go, hey, maybe just don't shoot. Like, I just 
you know, and, and, and he kind of clarified and he said, some guys need to take better shots. Some maybe don't need to shoot. Now you can, you can, you know, guess on who he's talking about. I'm not exactly sure, but he's not saying everybody. Aiden's probably one. Let's maybe try to get a little bit better look because he's a good shooter, but maybe there's some guys he's like, okay, you need to, you just need to stop. Right. Move the basketball a little bit, drive a little bit, but stop jacking up a three every time you, you see it. So maybe that's something to look for as well. Better shot selection. I mentioned it on the site. When they move the ball and their assist numbers are good, they're awesome. Their worst offensive performances this year when they have 12 assists or 11 assists. Virginia Tech, Bama, Mississippi State, they're the worst games they played on offense. They're three of the worst games in terms of low assist numbers. It's just not how they're built. They've got to have 15 assists or more. You know, they've got to have a higher percentage. Um, when they drop below that 12, 13, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. Fair. I, I do think from a shooting standpoint, watching Denver Jones play better against Mississippi State and shoot at a higher percentage from three, I thought that was a good step forward for him. And it looks like he's starting to settle in against SEC competition somewhat. I mean, I think he had a kind of a tough first half against Alabama, but played much better in the second half. And you saw that kind of carry forward to Mississippi State. He's a guy I would like to see get more shots. I think if you're being unselfish with the basketball and you're making the extra pass, he's a guy that's open more often than not, particularly on that corner three that they set up and run quite often. He's there. You just got to move the basketball and trust it. Jalen's a guy who, like you said, he's kind of disappeared. And when Auburn was playing at its best, he was kind of not forcing the action, but he was he was creating good shots for himself. He was in the flow of the game. And I felt like he's, just kind of not been that player the last two games. Can he get that back against Vanderbilt? But I think those are two guys, to me, if Auburn's going to play well. And I think it also continued to trend. You know, when Junai has played extremely well, like so much better than everybody else, Auburn has struggled. Realistically, mm-hmm. the rest of the team has. Yeah. Uh, you, you go back and look at their losses. I mean, I I feel like that's Appalachian State. He played extremely well. Everybody else didn't. They lost that game. You know, you saw that happen against Alabama. He was the man in that game. I mean, he realistically, we probably should have tried to get him a few more looks, even though Alabama was doing everything they could in the second half to take him away. With the way he was playing, if you could get him posted up on Grant Nelson, you had to try to do that as much as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. But all the same, when the rest of the team's not playing well, he just he's not enough to carry him to a W, I don't believe. So you got to figure out a different way to play and feature other guys, and Jalen and Denver are two guys. I think that they need to do a better job, if they can, of you know, trying to get them the basketball in advantageous spots. Yeah, you mentioned Denver. He, he, had, uh, he hit two threes against Mississippi State. That's the first time he's hit multiple threes in a game since Penn on January 2nd. He had not done it in SEC play at all. Um, he actually had multiple zero games. He's got more zero three games than two, two three games, which is not what he I mean, he's he's better than that. Um, and I know that Denver is a guy. We'll say um, Denver's working really hard, um, working hard on defense. It hasn't quite happened on offense yet, <clears throat> but he's 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 hanging in there. And I know that that Bruce feels an, I don't want to say an obligation, but he 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 recognizes that he needs to try to create a little bit more for Denver. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always work out that way, but I can tell you that he does understand I, I, Denver's working hard on defense. I need to get him another look or two in the game specifically. 
whether it's three or whatever. And so um, let's kind of see if that sort of starts to happen. I think they do see that whether it's coming off a screen, whatever, I need to get Denver another look or two to, to, to pull from three. And if it's not there, he can drive. I thought he was more aggressive um, at times in these past two games, um, which is good. He needs to he needs to sort of be that way. Uh, Vanderbilt and Ole Miss coming up. Auburn is the favorite in both games. I think the T-ranked analytics have Auburn at a 98% chance of beating Vanderbilt, who's struggling. But like, so here's what's funny: Vanderbilt's struggling. They're over, right? Auburn went there and dominated that basketball game. Um, but they were they lost by 12 or 13 to Tennessee. That game was close for a while. Like, it's just, you know, it's just uh, it's just the SEC. But it's a game that at home. Coming off two losses, you should be really focused, really dialed in, really motivated to get back on track. There's zero reason Auburn should lose this this basketball game. None. It's not like you're rolling in here on a five-game win streak and you, you're thinking too highly of yourself. You're brought back down to earth, and uh, and you're playing a team that is is over in the league, and you should take care of business. Then you've got Ole Miss on Saturday, which right now uh, Auburn's got a 71% chance of winning that game, but the margin's under six. It's a, it's a 77-72 type projected score. So again, that's close enough that, yeah, you have a 70% chance, but it's going to be that, that game. I mean, I'm just telling you, that game's going to be, yeah, you know, down to the wire. Ole Miss is good enough athletically at home, um, that, uh, they're not going to be happy about losing by almost 30 in Neville and they're going to be fired up. And it's going to be a, a tough one, but man, it would be a great way to come back after 0-2 to beat Vanderbilt. Go on the road, get you a nice road win, go two and zero, and get back on track. Because next week, the week after that is Bama and Florida. So like, yep. there's just, there's just, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the rest of the way. I mean, and then the next two weeks you have Kentucky, South Carolina, Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee. Like it's just, it's just brutal. So man, a two and a week, a week would be, um, big, big, big time. Computers still like Auburn. They're still in a good spot. They're still a good, you know, all the numbers are there. But as you go, look, Auburn's going to make the tournament. It's about can they be a two? Can they be a three seed? Or are yep. they going to be a six seed? That's, to me, that's like kind of where they're at. That'll, last year's team was a nine seed. They lost. That team lost what thirteen games. This team is not going to lose thirteen games. I mean, if they do, then their conference record is going to be really bad. So I think I think sort of this team is a. No, I don't see them as a two. I don't think. You already lost now three games, quad one. I don't two's two's like almost a one. It's elite. I think I think probably best case would be three seed. Yeah. And then worst case is probably maybe an eight. I mean, I could see them slip into an eight if they just don't win. If they just lose all these road games and all you do is come out with Missouri the rest of the way and you're three and six on the road and yeah, I could see maybe an eight. It depends on kind of who they are, but I probably think they're probably in the three to six range if I had to sort of predict where I think they're going to finish right now. And that matters. Yeah, it absolutely matters, and I think that's very fair. Obviously, you prefer not to be the four or the five just because of the matchup you're going to get in the second round, if at all possible. Yeah. But, you know, it, I think you're definitely in that range with a high side of probably three. And I would agree with you. I think seven, eight is fair for a low, for a low side of the range. Uh, I can absolutely see where that could happen to this team if they don't improve on the road. But yeah. as we discussed, you've got a really good test in Ole Miss and a matchup. I think that's, you know, one where you absolutely match up athlete to athlete. I think you match up pretty well against Ole Miss and they don't play defense in a way that's overly 
like I don't think it plays against Auburn style. It's not like Texas yeah. A&M with, with such a rarefied style that kind of throws Auburn off. I, I think they're they're well suited to play against what Mississippi State is going to do. The question is, is how do you respond on the road? Um, and if you're looking at your opponent, you're talking about a team at Ole Miss that had two straight road losses against Ole Miss, or excuse me, LSU and Auburn, and then came back and won games they had two against Arkansas and Texas A&M. Well, now Auburn's up against it where they got a big one they need to win against Vanderbilt. Don't care. I mean, they like you said, they're over, but you go out and – you know, mess around, and, and guess what, man? You come away with an L, but now you really hurt your chances. So you need to be focused. You need to be ready to play. And then you get an old Miss team. Like you said, you get that chance for a quad one win, and then you come back home against Alabama. And from there, it's just, like you said, it is a who's who um, of college basketball that you're going to have to play against. Because even a team like South Carolina that you typically would kind of say, okay, that's a game, that's a gimme. That's not a gimme. Nope. Lamont Parrish really has that club playing well. I think you get that one in Neville, so that's a benefit. But um, not an easy game, that's for sure. Yeah, and it'll also be big this week if they can go to Ole Miss and play well and win uh, to just rebuild a little bit of confidence just on the road. I mean, just just from just a straight confidence standpoint, because then you know your next home game, your next away game after that's Florida. And then Georgia, Tennessee, like so, it gets in Florida's a place they haven't won in forever, if ever. I don't know. In my life, I barely, I don't know if I've seen them win at Florida. So um, they just need to rebuild a little bit of that confidence, and that would do it because I think that environment on a weekend Saturday it'll be a tough one at Ole Miss. Uh, Auburn falls to 16th in the polls. Whatever doesn't really matter. Um, I saw somebody say the other week, which is just true. It's like the polls are are done by people that have no say in selection. I think it was Nate Oates. It was actually, I'll actually quote Nate Oates. It was like the polls are, um, are people that have no say in Selection Sunday. And it's, you know, the end of January. So you're talking about really polls are fun. We, we cite them. It's my job to report it, but sure. they're, uh, they're, they're meaningless. Nobody in that poll, nobody that votes in the AP poll has any say on where a team ends up in the tournament or seating wise or any of that. So falling in the polls, not a big deal. They barely fell in the computers. They're still like in the top 10 in most computers. They're still projected with like a 13 and five type conference record, um, so they're still in they're still in good shape. You just want to start to see some things that go okay. I think this team can make a run in March. You want to see some some. You don't want to keep seeing the same trends on the road when they go play a neutral site game. And you're thinking about well, all right, well, good record, but how are they going to go play in Tampa or Nashville, an SEC tournament, and then how are they going to go play in the NCAA tournament? Because every time they stepped away from Neville, other than Indiana, it's just kind of been eh. You know, not the same, not the same type deal. So you just want to start seeing steps in the, in the right direction. All right, Jay, hey, let's get out of here. Auburn basketball, Vanderbilt Wednesday night. Neville should be packed, and then they go on the road to play Ole Miss. I don't remember that game time. We'll have it up on the site at some point this week. It should be a good one there at the Pavilion as Auburn um, continues to roll towards trying to build this resume in the NCAA tournament. Appreciate our sponsor session cocktail as well. Uh, and GameTime.co, great, uh, great people, great sponsors of the show. Love them. Um, We'll be back next week. We'll see what we're talking about. We're talking about two more losses. That'd be bad. Probably not. Probably at least a one-in-one week. Hopefully it's a two-and-oh week. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they handle a little adversity. Bruce told you. He's been telling you for weeks. Mm-hmm. Adversity's coming. Losses are coming. He's been telling you for weeks it was going to happen. Now we see how they handle it, which is what we don't know and what he doesn't know. But we're all about to find out. All right. Till next time, this is the Auburn Live Basketball Show. We'll see you guys. <laughs>